Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello, fighters, and welcome to episode 108 of News Fighters for Wednesday, the 18th of May, 2022. I'm your host, Dylan Bain, the Kalish Orchestra of obscure Australian news comedy podcasters. Coming up on today's show, I'm recapping Monday's Lee Sales interview with Prime Minister Scott Morrison. And because at least one of them is retiring after the election will be the last time I ever get to do that. But first, a quick recap on the final week of the campaign and right on schedule, Peter Dutton has launched some fear-mongering. Good evening. It's been described as an unusual and aggressive act. A Chinese warship spotted off the West Australian coastline lurking near critical defence installations. Bristling with surveillance technology, the Chinese Dongdeo spy ship 792 photographed less than 100 kilometres off the West Australian coastline. I think it is uh, an aggressive act, and I think particularly because uh, it has come so far south. Oh, my God, a Chinese warship is off our coast? Judging by the huge media reaction, this has to be completely illegal and unusual, right? There's nothing unusual in this. It's not unusual for spy ships to skirt outside Australia's territorial waters. It's been going on for decades. This ship's moves are legal. Well, then I guess the media just fell for Peter Dutton's uh, late Friday afternoon, can I hijack the nightly news bulletin game again? Good job. Nobody tweet about it or else sue you. Anyway, Sunday was the big coalition launch party up in Brisbane, and wow, what a spectacle. These guys appeared to be playing in like a a 300-seat theatre. Maybe 250. I mean, I've DJed in bigger venues, and I'm a talentless nobody. You can tell your campaign isn't going well when you're playing to a smaller size venue than Live Baby Live, the NXS tribute show, or To Helen Back, Australia's number one tribute to Meatloaf. And, uh, oh, uh-oh. I just realized I googled a bad cover band, so you got one guess about what my Facebook ads are going to be the next few months. 
Mark Riley on 7 introduced Morrison's campaign launch like this. Having led the country through a pandemic, bushfires, floods and now war on Europe's doorstep. Yes, I'm not sure Mark Riley and I define the word led the same way. Led usually implies some form of leadership. At least it does to me. Morrison used the launch to restate his election pitch. You know the one. It's been a rough time, but I did the best I could. It's been one of the most challenging times we have ever known. As a leader, this was a time for strength. It was a time for pushing through. We made sure we got it right as best as we could, but we weren't perfect and not everything went to plan. Yes, given these admissions of failure, it's odd he followed it up with this. I'm seeking a second term because I'm just warming up. Yes, things went badly last time and I let you all down, but I'm just warming up. He even lied with that claim that he's going for a second term. He's been in government for three terms now. He's going for a fourth term in government. But you know what they say. Fourth times, they hope there's not another pandemic, floods or fires. Morrison also used the campaign launch to announce one final big new housing policy. First home buyers will be able to take up to $50,000 out of their superannuation to put towards a deposit if the Morrison government is re-elected. Allowing first home buyers to use 40% of their super balances up to $50,000 for their purchase after saving a 5% deposit. But for an average 30-year-old first home buyer, probably $20,000. Alright, first of all, I don't know about you, but I was kind of counting on using my super superannuation to put some sauce on top of my two-minute noodles in my retirement. And second of all, with the average Sydney house price being $1.4 million, I don't think $20,000 from his super is going to help very much. What we need is prices to come down. Will, will this help with that coalition? Despite this admission from superannuation minister Jane Hume... In the short term, you might see a bump in house prices. Okay, and thanks anyway. Uh, how about you, Labor's Jason Clare? Do you want prices to come down? Oh, I don't think anyone's proposing that they, they want to cut the cost of housing. Housing has, has increased dramatically. You need policies that can adapt and deal with that. Part of it is helping to make sure that people earn better wages. You're saying that it's not possible to do anything about that? Oh, I don't think anyone would want to see that. Oh, great. So neither party wants to do anything about the affordability part of housing affordability. Kind of a, kind of a crucial, important part of it, if you ask me. Sounds like Labor's hoping they can just maybe freeze house prices for 20 years and hope all our wages catch up. There was also one more coalition housing policy on offer, though. Those wanting to downsize will be able to sell their family home and pour up to $300,000 from the proceeds into their super account, attracting sizeable tax breaks. Previously limited to over 65s, it'll now be available to people over 55. This will increase supply of family housing stock in the market. Oh, awesome. Hey, first home buyers, there's some great $4 million, four bedroom family homes, some boomers bought in the 80s uh, coming down the line for you. Get, get your 20 grand out of super onto that as soon as you can. Scott Morrison used his big uh, campaign launch speech to try and uh, brand the Liberal Party as being the party that's on your side and will make your dreams come true provided your dreams are all about there being less government. The contrast the Coalition wants to cast with Labor is of a less interfering government tailored to individual aspirations. This election is about you. It's about how we create the right conditions for you to reach your goals, the ones you have set for you and your family. We know what government can do, and importantly, though, we know what it can't, and it shouldn't. 
for the love of God, can someone please explain to me what the hell is with Morrison's Reagan-esque obsession with smaller government? Who the hell is going around going, uh, you know what'll uh, help me reach my goals is uh, if we have less roads and less schools and I can use leaded petrol again. That's what that's what we need. There's this massive inherent dichotomy within Scott Morrison coming out of the pandemic that I find absolutely fascinating. On one hand, he's like, uh, we saved your life. We saved the economy with massive government interventions. How good are we? And then he's like, I hate massive government interventions. They suck. And then in wrapping up last week, we had a rare show of humility from Scott Morrison as he was like, yeah, I know you don't like me, but I can change, baby. The Prime Minister is now telling voters he can change if he's re-elected. The man who's been asking Australians to vote for him, even if they don't like him. I know Australians know that I can be a bit of a bulldozer. Now promising to be a new Scott Morrison if he wins on May 21. I know there are things that are going to have to change with the way I do things. Promising to explain himself better and empathise more. But arguing results are what counts. What matters most is I get the job done. What a grab bag of mixed messages from Scott Morrison. He's like, you hate me and you hate the way I work, but re-elect me anyway because I get the job done. Provided the job isn't doing my actual job because I'll be in Hawaii and uh, you don't want government in, in your lives anyway doing jobs. That's bad. Anyways, I love the way he called himself a bulldozer because he describes Anthony Albanese like this. Mr Albanese showed yesterday that he is a complete loose unit on this stuff. You can't afford a loose unit in the lodge. He's a loose unit when it comes to the economy. And yes, there we basically have election 2022 in a nutshell. It's loose unit versus the bulldozer. Australian democracy, everyone. Don't forget to vote. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyways, under the main thing I'm talking about this episode, Scott Morrison's final showdown with Lee Sales on the ABC 730 on Monday night. And well, I couldn't really call it an interview because 
Scott Morrison would not agree with any of Lee's questions. Well, I, 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 I have to disagree on, on a couple of points there, Lee. Well, I completely reject that, Lee. That, that, that is not what the Royal Commission found, Lee. Well, they're Labor's criticisms, and that's not what I get. So I just don't buy into this narrative. I'm not getting into the scenario games, Lee. No, no, well, you, you, no, you, suggest, you said we'd been blindsided, Lee, and I'm just saying that actually wasn't the case. And, so and what one about of the things we've line? had to change with... Well, well, Lee, I'm trying to answer the question. No, you're not. Just like the last three years, you're trying to spin, dodge, and weave your way out of anything and make it sound like you have a plan by just constantly saying the word plan. Because we've got the economic plan. I know our economic plan is working and our economic plan, so our emissions plan with a clear plan, we have a plan where it isn't going to plan. You change the plan. And so our plan does that. Our plan is a long-term technology plan because we have the economic plan. We've got the opportunity to bring people forward on that plan. And it's a plan that I know is working. And that's the key because the plan depends on knowing what you're talking about on the economy. Yes, you know, you can definitely trust Scott Morrison's economic plan. Like, remember when he sent us into a per capita recession in early 2019 before the pandemic even happened. A report released today has revealed without population growth, Australia would right now be in recession. The national accounts showed Australia is in a recession on a per capita basis. But Australia has now fallen into a per capita recession after a year of sluggish economic growth. That this is not an economic term that any economist has any recognition of. So I'm not going to engage in the made up um, uh, statistics that the Labor Party are talking about. Gee, Scott Morrison will just deny anything if he doesn't want to answer a question. I'm amazed he doesn't deny the existence of money when he's asked about the debt and deficit. And speaking of which, it's no surprise that with debt having uh, doubled before the pandemic and is about to approach a trillion dollars, lease sales did have to ask, if they're re-elected, how they're going to pay it back. Now you're campaigning for re-election with record debt and we're not hearing a word about a plan to pay it back. Well, it's the same plan. By growing your economy and being responsible with your spending, that is the way you reduce the deficits, which is what the budget sets out over the forward estimates yeah, and over the medium term. See, but, but, but Lee, Lee, as you, as you balance the budget over, over the years, you're bringing the deficits down as a share of the economy. Labor yeah, but the scale of, of the debt now is, it, it just, the, the earlier debt pales into comparison. Even more important why you actually need a government that knows how to do this. We've done it before. We've cleaned up and, and dealt with these sorts of situations before. Yes, he's done it before. Increase the debt and he's going to do it again. Note he didn't say anything about bringing the debt down, only bringing the annual deficits down, which means Scott Morrison's official plan is actually to keep the debt growing. Rightfully so, sales wanted to know uh, what we have to show for all this debt. You've racked up trillions of dollars in debt. What does Australia have to show for it that's a lasting change for the better? We're building Snowy Hydro. We're building the Sydney Western Sydney Airport. We're building the uh, the inland rail. Um, we've we've completed the duplication of the Pacific Highway. Um, we've boosted the Bruce. Oh, great! So let's get this straight. Under six years of Labor, we got the MBN and the NDIS, and under nine years of the Coalition, all we've got is a bunch of road and rail lines that the state should have paid for anyway, and an airport which would probably pay for itself after anyone buys four hours worth of parking anyway. And as for boosting the Bruce, I've no idea what that is, and I'm afraid to Google it because I'll probably get some Australian porn video results. 
Meanwhile, can we get a fact check on this claim? Before we went into the budget, sorry, into the pandemic, we actually balanced the budget. It took us six years to get there. Oh, balance the budget, did you? At the 2019 press club debate, you said you were balancing the budget next year, which of course never happened because the pandemic came along. We brought our budget back to surplus. We'll keep sorry, it in surplus. It's, but not, to, it's not in surplus now. I, I mean, said not next year. That's what I said. And we won't know that until... That's what I said. I said we brought the budget back to surplus next year. And... <laughs> Imagine if your kid tried to get away with that kind of routine. Uh, can I get my pocket money for cleaning my room? I, I already cleaned my room. I swear, I already cleaned my room tomorrow. Moving on from the economy, uh, sales hassled Morrison over his lack of action on, well, everything. Let me read you a quote from Anthony Albanese. They always react too little, too late, whether it's the bushfire crisis, whether it's responding to victims of floods, or whether it's ordering enough vaccines. Those three examples are indisputable, aren't they? Well, I, 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 I have to disagree on, on a couple of points there, Lee. Firstly, um, $2.9 billion straight in there to support the victims of bushfires. Okay then, so why are bushfire victims on the New South Wales South Coast still living in tents and temporary accommodation? Just because you say numbers, Scott Morrison, doesn't mean it solves a problem. Lee, I said $2.9 billion, uh, didn't you hear that? Uh, uh, that solved the problem. And then on the floods, he said this. On floods, the same has been the case. Um, we had people winching people off roofs uh, within hours of floods hitting. Sorry, but remind me again who was doing the rescuing in the New South Wales floods? The authorities are being criticised for their response to the crisis. Communities in New South Wales' northern rivers uh, say they were forced to crowdfund helicopters and put untrained volunteers in charge of emergency rescues. With the state emergency service overwhelmed, it was a citizen's armada of dinghies, jet skis and kayaks who floated to the rescue. As the cleanup gets underway in parts of northern New South Wales, residents have received some star-studded support. Yeah, actor Liam Hemsworth and brother Luke have been spotted helping locals alongside tennis legend Pat Rafter. Today it was the Hemsworths, Luke and Liam who joined the effort. Yes, that's right. It didn't appear as though it was the government doing the heavy lifting during the Lismore floods. It was the Hemsworths. What we've got here is a government in favour of smaller government, but bigger Hemsworths. And then on the vaccine rollout, Morrison keeps sticking to this weird talking point about the vaccine rollout getting back on track because he appointed General Fruin. You know, what happens when you have challenges and setbacks in a pandemic? You don't get everything right. And where it isn't going to plan, you change the plan, you get back on top of it. General Fruin was appointed. The vaccine program was turned around. We were able to get access to the vaccines and the deals I was able to do with Poland and the United Kingdom and others. And we ended up having one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. Yes, because as far as I could tell, having a guy in an army uniform stand up at the press conference didn't help so much as increasing vaccine supply did. When you got on the phone to Poland, Singapore and your pal Boris in the UK, and even then we're all locked down for three or four months because he kept saying it wasn't a race, remember? Um, as uh, Brendan Murphy said yesterday, uh, this is not a race. As Brendan said, it's not a race, but it's not a race. It's not a competition. Then Sales tried to nail Morrison on pork barrelling and rorts. And the National Audit Office found that half of the successful projects weren't the ones recommended by Sport Australia, they were ones that went to marginal seats. Well, and I'm sorry, politicians, elected leaders, ministers, ultimately make decisions because we're the ones who are accountable to the public, not public servants, not Sport Australia. Yes, that's right. He's basically saying that public servants can't be expected to know what's best for a community. The completely well-informed and uncorrupted and unbiased politicians know what's best. 
Morrison's like, yeah, yeah, all these public servants want some bummer feasibility study that'll tell you crap like, oh, there's no train station near the train station car park, or it'll kill a bunch of koalas and make some grandmas homeless. Boring. Us politicians know better. Lee Sal's also got Morrison to talk about why he thinks the teal independents are a threat to sitting Liberals. Why do you think that previously blue ribbon Liberal seats, the kind that usually barely warrant a glance during an election campaign, are vulnerable to independents? I'd say that our members have done an extraordinary job there, but as time has gone on, many of these places, I suppose, are less vulnerable to the impacts of the economy than, say, many of the places I've been in this campaign. I think what he's trying to say there is uh, maybe Wentworth and Kuyong don't have coal miners in them. That's why they don't want to vote Liberal anymore. But actually, it's because anyone who's actually paying attention knows that you're not taking climate change seriously and constantly lie about it and talk up unproven technologies, like you did with Lee Sales. So our emissions plan, which has already seen emissions fall by around 20%, that's why we believe in investing in carbon capture, use and storage technologies. Finally, Sales got Morrison to admit he wasn't going to go full Trump, at least, if he loses on Saturday. If you lose the election, who will you blame? Well, I I would always accept the result of of an election because I trust my fellow Australians. Yeah, we'll see. I get the feeling if the uh, election result is a very close Labor win, we we might not be seeing Anthony Albanese going to the Quad meeting in Tokyo next week. Anyways, if Morrison seemed largely unflappable in his interview with Lee Sales, over on Nine's A Current Affair with Tracy Grimshaw, well, he got this showstopper. Prime Minister, you said at uh, your launch on Sunday, I saved the country. You don't hold a hose, you weren't in your tinny plucking people off rooftops, you weren't doing 16-hour days in PPE on COVID wards, you didn't get enough vaccines soon enough, you didn't get enough rats so that we could finally have a holiday interstate for Christmas and China is set up base in the Solomons. Do you think maybe you slightly over-egged the part about I saved the country? Well, that's, that's quite a long list you've been able to pull together. But let me say this. We've come through this pandemic better than almost any other advanced country in the world. God, what a funny response. He's like, yeah, yeah, you got the list. Everyone knows I'm a bad leader, but look over there, low unemployment. Stats are real, I promise. Gotta go. Zoink. Anyways, you can probably tell I've almost had enough of this election because I was far more fascinated in the uh, story that followed the Morrison interview on A Current Affair. Thanks a lot, Tracy. Prime Minister Scott Morrison, we also have some questions for opposition leader Anthony Albanese, but he's told us he's unavailable. After the break, a much needed change of pace. We go behind the wheel with Lexi the driving dog. Welcome back. If you think our pollies are barking mad, wait until you see this. Does the dog really drive the ute? Of course she does. Really? Yeah. There she goes now. Could this be real? We needed to pull this ute rover. (coughs) I mean over and see if Lexi would show us up close. Hey Lex, can you show us how you drive? Ah, finally some real leadership. You know that dog would never undermine the public servants. Anyways, if you think everything's going to be great if Labor wins, well, have I got news for you. All right, Anthony Albanese, one more question. You fancy yourself as a DJ, Triple J, we love music. If you're elected Prime Minister, can you commit to a DJ set on the National Youth Public Broadcaster? I'd be more than happy to fill a, an entire hack edition uh, with, a, with a DJ set. Oh, please, Albo. The world doesn't need more talentless, white, middle-aged, inner-west Sydney DJs. That's my gig. Get away from it. 
Anyways, regardless of uh, who actually wins on Saturday, I just can't wait for it to be... Rover. <coughs> I mean, over. Alrighty, everyone, that's News Fighters for today, and this is the final episode of the election campaign. I'm going to be back with one more episode uh, wrapping up election night that'll be out Sunday or possibly early Monday morning if uh, if it's a long day Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, uh, sign up for our newsletter at newsfighters.com or follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod if you want to be kept up to date with all the developments happening with newsfighters. And if you want to support the show, uh, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Anyways, keep fighting. Don't forget to vote. And I'm going to leave you now with this segment from Dan Elix. Election comedy shenanigans, a social media project, It's Not a Race, called ScoMo Had a Go. If you can track down It's Not a Race on social media, and please share this video with anyone you know who might be tempted to give ScoMo another go this Saturday. Here it is, ScoMo Had a Go. There once was a man who believed... He just had to have a go. If you have a go, you get a go. But first had to knife his friend. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, Gomo. <laughs> and after that, against all odds, a miracle took place. I have always believed in miracles. A smug grin crept across his face. So we gave him a go at Prime Minister, but we knew we'd made a boo-boo. While our country burned down to the ground, he took off for Honolulu. I don't hold a hose, mate. He said to a newsreader. Then he forced handshakes on people abandoned by their leader. You're not welcome, you f***ing Then he had a go at something else, protecting us with Pfizer. It was a dud. Thank God for Rudd. ScoMo couldn't do that either. I'm certainly sorry that we haven't been able to achieve the marks that we had hoped for. Well, surely he could have a go at getting rapid tests. But we scrambled in a shambles that left everyone distressed. We just can't go around and make everything free. He had a go at protecting the climate and future of our kids. So he released a plan to make a plan. The plan. Is the plan. Our plan. But couldn't tell us what it is. Then he had a go at kids out protesting and told them to stay in school. Kids should go to school. Your future's in safe hands, he said. The hands of fossil fuels. This is coal. Don't be afraid. The Don't treasure. be scared. He had a go at diplomacy. And boy, was that a blunder. Burned France to get into Biden's pants. Then he called him... That fellow down under. He has a go at blaming premiers for every single thing he can. That will be a matter for the premiers. Gladys Berejiklian called Morrison a horrible, horrible man. He had a go at winning women's votes after years of shifting blame. But he couldn't even show up for Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame. Well, it's going to be a busy week. And this is but a chapter of the Iliad of Evil, left in the wake of a man who cares for politics over people. It's not good enough to just have a go when you're playing with our lives. So now it's time for you to go. F*** you and goodbye. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.